and we're live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Always Tribbin. I'm your host, Mike Tribby. With me this week, you got a very funny comedian coming up here in the DFW area. Right, DFW, or yeah. are you just FW? Mostly FW, <laughs> you know, funky town, but Dallas-Fort Worth, I'll claim it. Very funny comedian and co-host of the Shift Space podcast, Tim Davies. Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here on this fine morning. It is a good morning. Yeah. Good morning. It's just before it gets unbearable outside. Like, you can still walk outside, and you're like, I like the sun. Yeah, you know, I agree. And then it gets hellacious very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you're you're on my level of skin tone. Yeah. So, like, we know the sun. Not a, not a friend. Uh, you know, everybody wants to go out by the pool and chill all summer. Not this guy. Yeah, and even if I did, I don't think it would change my color at all. No, nah, well, it would change mine from this to pink. Yeah. I just get pink <laughs> for a few days. Uh, it hurts, and then their cycle repeats. Raw. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Talking about raw, we were just talking. I, I'm sorry. This is on my mind, so we're going to jump yeah, into it. Yeah, go ahead. The hot dog eating contest. The yes. Nathan's hot... That's it, right? Yes. Nathan's, Nathan's hot dog. famous uh, hot dogs uh, contest. Um, basically, uh, it happens July 4th every year, and America. there's been a, America, a reigning champion, Joey Chestnut, for a long time. And uh, this year, I think he ate 63 hot dogs in the 10 minutes they give oh. you. And he was interrupted by a protester in a Darth Vader mask who was protesting the pork, I guess, that they use in the he hot wore dogs. A Darth Vader. I did not wore see that. Darth that Vader is, mask. And uh, That is genius. Yeah. Joey Chestnut, <laughs> like, uh, choked him out for a couple seconds and got escorted out by security. But uh, he managed to, just like in the middle of eating. Uh, to continue eating and win that's so the, that's the goat that's the most american man in the world you can down 63 hot dogs choke a man out and win a title all exactly. in 10 minutes i'm disgusted by like the whole eating <laughs> yeah uh competition but conceptually um, it's a little messed up oh, it's major so, league eating oh it's so, mla it's probably the dis- most disgusting sport we have i mean yeah. I can't even think of anything close to it. There's bowling. Yeah. It's yeah. a little slimy, though. Yeah, you like stick little... in your fingers in yeah. somebody else's ball hole. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I yeah. Hot dog, I, I mean, I, I just, right um, I, I couldn't imagine. I, I figure there's other events. Like, I know that I figure it's not just the one the one contest. I bet he can no, get around like work. Pie, there's pies, too. Yeah. Like, I yeah. just... I don't know how. What kind of money is he making from these hot dog eating contests? (laughs) That he's been doing it for so long. Do I need to stop comedy and start eating? Yeah, like unhealthily develop a disorder. I'm wondering, like, is he living like a king and we're fools, or like what's he's got to have mad sponsors? I imagine like beefs, franks all day. Yeah, all day. But does he eat hot dogs all year round, or is it just like a? A one time. Maybe it's a seasonal thing. You I know, think that's like, what it's, <laughs> I think he's like he has to have that like urge, right? He has to restrict himself all year, and then it's like I get hot dogs today and today only. So I just maybe he just loves them so in. much, yeah. and then like he indulges. Yeah, it's like a um, crackhead that's like you know what? Only one day, one day a year, I'm gonna do all the crack. <laughs> he's just like Fourth of July. That's it. That's it. And then they throw up after. So that's classic because yeah, you physically can't keep all of that in your body. No, I mean you gotta think his sewage lines after Ooh. that contest. Ooh. I would hate to be his plumber. Yeah, I'd probably love to be his plumber actually though. You get a lot of business, right? Yeah, you make a fortune. Charge him the premium. 
He probably oh. has a plumber on a retainer. I would hope so. Just, yeah. I w- and, and a doctor. I, every kind of doctor you have. Yeah. I can't imagine what the, he's going to be like years from now. I think they now. burn... burn short and fast maybe bright and fast or whatever i think that's quick i don't know if uh, your cholesterol can keep up with a uh you know full life of competitive eating i applaud the commitment and oh, the yeah. grind to it it's yeah. it's remarkable yeah for sure like the lebron james of throwing hot dogs there's no one close there's nobody cl- like i know you can't tell me any other competitive eating name other than <laughs> joey chestnut and like that's just it's just remarkable what he's doing, and I think that's the only reason why we allow this still. Yes. Is just to see how long this man can go. Yeah, and I love the concept that somebody thought the people watching this contest are the people that need to hear my protest message about not eating meat. Like, <laughs> is this the, is the audience who's very susceptible to my message. Yeah, they're, they're going to understand <laughs> right away, like, oh, no, we shouldn't be doing this. You know how many pigs were slaughtered for this day right here? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. it was a massacre. I don't know what they expect. This There's a lot of weird, weird protests like that. I, I figure uh, recently somebody uh, threw some like cake or cream on the Mona Lisa. Yeah, protesting climate I change or whatever. Um, which I don't really see the connection. You know, it wasn't even like splashing oil on there or something. But what's like, what's the hate against Mona Lisa? Like, why are we, why are we trying to cancel Mona Lisa? Now? I don't know. Well, I feel like first of all, it's probably not even the real one that's always up there. Yeah, it can't be. It's not be. that big either. Yeah, it's probably in somebody's mansion. Like you could probably right find an exposed, you know, Picasso or something somewhere, or you know, Van Gogh that you probably more readily access. Maybe not the most famous ones, but yeah, do some damage, right? Right. Like, like, like if, if you're going to do that, at least like ruin a priceless artifact. Right. Isn't it behind glass, though? It too? is behind glass. Yeah. What, yeah. what are we doing, people? Like, yeah. We're just protesting just to protest now? Yeah. It's and insane. they dressed as an old lady as well, uh, kind of wheeled in there. I think that was helped <laughs> conceal the the cream or whatever they were hiding. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Actually, that's probably... Exxon shaking in their funny. boots. Like, damn, somebody defaced the Mona Lisa. I guess we should just stop drilling for oil i don't know what the yeah, end game is there fix the world yeah. now how <laughs> dare you attack mona lisa uh, the icon we just we live in such a weird time right now man where like people can get so upset and just like absurdly upset at anything and you, we yeah. know because yeah. you know getting to do open mics and just try material hoping that you know somebody else is deprived as us will laugh yeah um we, you know, from time to time, you're going to say some upsetting stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and um, I mean, I think that's a lot of a product of a lot of people right now, especially millennials and, and uh, even younger people in Gen Z feel kind of hopeless about the future. Um, it's pretty And accurate. I feel like we, that all kind of creates this sense of anticipation and anxiety that kind of uh, permeates this. And some of the, the off valves, so to speak, yeah. just happen to be people that run up to the Mona Lisa and... Uh, Smear it with uh, cream and things like that. I don't know. There needs to be some uh, some catharsis. I still blame social media. Like, 100%. I think, oh, yeah. I think if we could go back in time and, like, take out Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, would, I would do it. Not, like, you know, not, like, not in a kill way, but, you know, I mean, like, if take him out. No, wait, what? Like, <laughs> get him some friends, you know? Right. <laughs> get him yeah. away from the computer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we'd be better off because it's just, it's so insane how everyone just feels the right that like they can be upset and they can be like mm-hmm. 
I, I, well, I feel like a jackass too, when I'm saying that, too. I think. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm not, like, I don't even say that from perspective of, like, you know, everybody gets offended all the time. We're too too offensive. I mean, because I think there's genuine a lot of things to be offended about. But um, yeah, I think yeah. social media really makes us so susceptible to seeing extremes because the way the algorithm works, you know, you're you're kind of shown the most provocative material because that's what's going to get you to engage. And so kind of the social media feeds into this, into itself uh, through the toxicity because um, you get fed more and more of it. You get more and more in your own yeah. corner and willing to lash out at people because now these people, you're, you're, you're in group and there's an out group and then you can kind of like bash at each other um, when in reality, I think so many people in reality are, are way tighter, you know, and, and willing to be in a community than they are on, online because I don't know. Yeah, I feel like online you can just you let it get weird, right? Like, yeah, that's the probably the worst version of yourself online. Well, you don't have to face people face to face and see yeah, their reactions yeah. and like deal with real consequences. You can just log off. It's all ego. Yeah, you, know, you can come in exactly. It's the surface. Ego just grows and turns sour. I hate social media so much, but like I'm I'm constantly on it. You oh know? yeah, I'm such well, a yeah, hypocrite. I have to be. Yeah, yeah. You like uh, trying to network with people, trying to promote things. And it's just like, ugh. can't help but scroll and see right. through. And then yeah, so it's addicting too. You know, I got a TikTok just to uh, post like comedy clips and things like that. And I don't watch a lot of it, but sometimes I'll find myself with that or Instagram reels kind of going through. And um, then you, you lose some time there. And I think oh, yeah. what's crazy about that is like all the, the context switching. So like as you scroll up, you're just going in between all yeah. this huge variety of, um, of content and... Um, I know we get so desensitized to that, and I think through through the use of so much technology, we become so much less connected to reality and the real world mm. and real interactions and just going outside and touching grass, to be honest. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird, weird world we live in. And I do agree that a lot of it, um, social media is, is the cause. Damn it, Mark. Yeah. Actually, damn it, the guys that Mark stole it from. The Winklevoss That's, twins yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Or even like I don't know, MySpace as a predecessor. Even though MySpace was kind of dope. <laughs> I well, remember. I, MySpace was good because like there was so much uh, like clear judgment, right? Because they had the top yeah. five. <laughs> like, right. Well, you could you could clearly like state your claim on who you liked yeah. and didn't like, and it allowed for a lot more self expression. I think too yeah, well, yeah. through like the music you could put on there that would annoyingly autoplay, but like the animated graphics and all the different things you could do to your banners and all that like extra you know coding you could do to your page um which i guess ultimately turned a lot of people off to it but facebook is so uniform right everybody kind of, yeah, kind of shows up all the same line. you know and i think so many Sheep. things online just like look like that now have that feel like twitter and instagram and, and um even youtube and facebook all have this same kind of um you know corporate sheen to them or yep. like over you know on top yep. of it it's really polished direct streamlined product and the internet right now doesn't feel like it used to where you could find crazy random weird shit on weird websites it's just all very much in the same few places now yeah it's kind of funny you say that because like uh, a few months ago whenever it was i don't know time but when facebook like rolled out their stories and it was yeah. like so now everything has like every you look at every platform and it's like it's all the same stuff you you have your post you have your story you have your live on everything yeah there's a and messenger just, yeah. video chat it's feature, all or whatever. the same thing and just a slightly different it's like jordan's i hate jordan's <laughs> jordan's are the same shoe just different colors like 
Jordans are not good mm-hmm. shoes. I'm a hater. I, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Oh man, you're gonna find some, some beef there. I uh, am, and I don't care. I, Bring it. My first job, <laughs> or rather, like I, had, my first job was in a movie theater. But my second job, which I had got at the same time, was at Foot Locker. Oh, uh, sneaker like Sixteen or something, and so I was uh, really in, ingrained at that point. So I, I, I don't know. To me, to me, I appreciate it, but I can understand, especially from the perspective of. Um, I know a lot of the Jordan shoes are kind of cash grabs just to like drop yeah. a different colorway or really the back end of all of the uh, numbers because it goes up to 23, mm-hmm. you know, um, are just trash, trash shoes. And that's why you see there's only really remakes of like the ones, threes, yeah, fives, just, you know, eights, nines, whatever. He was just trying to fill um, that contract out right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Making mad Nike money. You can't blame him. But not even a little bit. I wish I had a little bit. That's yeah. part of the reason like I'm. Like, you know, I grew up super poor. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jordans were never in reach for me growing uh-huh. up. You know, Shaqs. I thought I got a pair of Shaqs, and I was like, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> and I wore them to school, and they were like, you need to take those off your feet right now. Like, <laughs> Shaqnosis. Yeah, you're going to be better off going around barefoot than wearing Shaqs. Yeah. Which is a shame. So, those were kind of fun. Um, I don't know. It's it, in school, people are so, so mean. You know, I work oh, yeah, in a school. Kid. And, um, little monsters. Yeah. I mean, and just, just the things kids, kids say. I mean, I had to deal with a lot of, a lot of, uh, shit growing up, uh, myself. But that's probably why we're here in comedy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I our turn. That, <laughs> that explains it's our turn to fuck with you. Um, and it's just so crazy, like, how quick that kind of turns from, like, in high school, just being so, fine and acceptable to fuck so hard with people and even i would like you know do a lot with like things you, sh- you wouldn't do as an adult um and i always find it interesting because working with and teaching students um they lack just so much perspective that i feel like you can't really just teach somebody like you're gonna get out of high school and none of this is gonna matter and mm-hmm. you know life's gonna be completely different or better or worse or whatever uh for those that feel like they're hopeless in high school those are like are kind of peak in high school you know it's either gonna get better it's gonna get worse but um there's no real way to teach some things besides like yeah. a kick in the ass or experience uh that's for it. a lot of people really because like the thing is like a lot of people want an easy life right like we want to just go through life no troubles and just be happy all the time but in reality it's the opposite of that that life is hard like yeah it's never gonna be just a walk in the park you're gonna get your ass beat sometimes for no reason most of the time because you deserved it but yeah and that's it's life has to come you know with experience yeah that's the only way to really grow you know life is kind of sometimes what happens in between some of those high moments um i i really um even i mean even if you're well off even if you're well to do i i think um you really can fall victim to so many things you know um Maybe life is easier in a sense, but I don't think you ever escape somewhat of the difficulty and inner turmoil. Now, it would be way nicer to have, you know, to be cushy, I guess, but no, um, no you're doubt. still not going to to avoid, you know. Yeah, I, if I'm going to be sad, let me be sad in a mansion, okay? Right, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> let me cry myself to sleep on my yacht. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my where tears I want to be. Handkerchief. It's not going to solve Old. the problems, but, you know, it'll make me comfortable while I'm going through yeah. it. Yeah, that's it's kind of people, when people will talk about, um, like, money doesn't buy happiness. It might not, but it does buy the capacity for it. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, like, it's way, <laughs> like, it's way easier to experience happiness when I'm not worried about, you know student loans or my car door not opening because it's right. dented and and stuff like that yeah you know? even like where you live like if you look out your window and you have like a nice view 
that's going to affect your day as opposed to looking out the window and like, you know, you see the burned down out, house or out you know, my window, there's a dialysis center. Hey, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that could be either and depressing a, or motivating. And a bus stop uh, where the, uh, the bench uh, advertisements are in Spanish. So that's what I, what I'm looking at. Man, you must have great rent rates. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. You no, know, not as much as you would hope. I count my twenties like I live in a fortress, sort of. Like the immediate surroundings are are not amazing, but you're live you know pretty close to a lot of the cool spots in in um, Fort Worth. But uh, at that same time, though, like I said, next to dialysis center, there's a lot of homeless people just walking kind of in the in the area, especially at night. Yeah, um, so like that. People dumpster diving. Um, you know, some of the trash across the street. Uh, but woo, yeah, yeah, that's gotta be. And it helps feel the feel the feels the comedy. Yeah, it definitely yeah. Um, builds g- character. Gives you uh, an urge to get out. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. got to make it, man. That's tough. That is tough. And one thing about your comedy that I really enjoy, and it's something something that I've I've tried to do more, but I don't feel all that comfortable mm-hmm. is joking about mental health and and those kind of issues. Yeah, I I do talk a lot about that um yeah thank you for 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 saying that i I really do try and um highlight it i don't think i reached the point yet where i want to really drive home or to be able to really drive home like a lesson to people so to speak i think i i poke and i prod at it and i tease it apart i really like to get to the point where I can also weave in, you know, um, more of a positive spin. A lot of it's kind of self-deprecatingly looking at different mental health, uh, things like that. But when you have limited time on stage, I guess you can't always, yeah, it's you know, a little tough. flush it out in that sense. But I think it's really important at the very least to highlight, to even talk yeah. about it on stage, like and label it. You know, this is depression. This is, you know, bipolar disorder or whatever. This is, you know, OCD, you know, and like here's how they you know present themselves in me yeah um and to be comfortable opening up that space where people are fine talking about it and it's good to see that comedy is stepping in that direction yeah it really is good because like you know usually a lot of comedy is uh pretty degenerate yeah <laughs> a lot of the times so whenever there's something like just just real that we're, it's like you know we're all fucking dealing with this and you can just go up there and and make us just think like you know what it's fine. It's funny. We're good. That we need more of that. And uh, the thing, what you just said, I like what you said about leaving people with a lesson. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's where I struggle with it a lot when I try to like bring it up in jokes, because it's uh, it's like I still haven't learned the lesson. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's fair. Like, so yeah. I'm like, like what? I feel like when I start talking about it a lot, it's just going to be like sad you know yeah, well, you don't want to sound like you're giving like a sermon or a testimonial no, yeah. like you're an aa like you're an aa meeting giving your yeah, like you know, i'm not hurt like, right now an alcoholic, you know <laughs> um yeah i've been to those meetings so what what kind of pushes you to talk about like Ooh. what makes you comfortable going out and just being open like that's that? a good question i think for the longest time i was really internalizing a lot of it uh, when I was really young or, or quite young, 10, 11, um, I experienced, um, some sexual abuse, not, not in my home. I will say that. And I think that really, um, is something that's so uncomfortable to talk about, mm. especially in like, you know, 2005 or something like that. And, uh, especially while in my own home, 
Uh, there was a lot of turmoil and fighting and stuff like that. So I didn't even feel comfortable talking about mental health then um, because at the time my, my dad was really angry and stuff in general and hadn't set at that point in time a lot of good models for managing behavior. And so I experienced a lot of like lashing out and anger and stuff in a lot of ways where I get a little regressive and tantrumy. Um, even, you know, at age like 11 and 12, like having, you know, like five, six year old kind of meltdowns sort of. Um, and, um, I just, I think a lot of that was cause I didn't have an outlet to talk about some of these things going on that have yeah. been going on to me. And, uh, as I got older and I struggled more and more getting into things with like addiction and stuff like that and, and falling into depression and dealing more with my anxiety, um, and just the litany of other disorders I've been, I've been diagnosed with, I think. It was just so hard to deal with that alone, personally. And I think now that I've gone through more help and gotten help, sought therapy, gone through uh, two different times at um, outpatient group kind of therapy at a mental health facility. And so I think all of that opening up in therapy, opening up in group sessions, and, and for a while also when I was kind of frequently going to a church, um, being open to people about that, I think kind of led me to the point where I think people need to hear those stories or else because yeah. so many people experience those things mm -hmm. or, or at least slices of those things and if somebody who's been through so much is willing to divulge that and tell people about it I think that helps other people feel comfortable doing it and so that's kind of where I come from I've become accustomed to it and I know that I would have benefited from hearing more discussion about it years and years before I was comfortable talking about it hmm. I like that a lot that's a uh... That's a dope reason, man, because uh, there's one thing that um, this quote, I don't remember where I heard this from, probably social media, of course, where it was like, you should be the person that younger you needed. Yes. Right. Like, be, like be the person like that you were missing in your life growing up. So that's really awesome that you take that approach with it. Yeah. With me, like uh, my wife kind of made fun of me the other day. Um but it was like, it was a real true moment for me where I was like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, she was calling me out because like when I joke about my past, um, it, you know, growing up sucked mm -hmm. and uh, I try to poke fun at it. But a lot of the shit is like kind of too dark. Yeah. Um, I'm not <laughs> where people just get sad when I hear it instead <laughs> of laughing. And uh, she was like, you know what? People, people only laugh at sad stuff when the person telling the joke, like they can tell they're over it. Like when you're mm -hmm. still, when you still sound hurt when you're talking about it, yeah. like people are just like, Oh, this is pain. Like this yeah. isn't a joke. Right. Unless you're yeah. playing some sort of character. Yeah. That sort of. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I thought I was having fun with it. And she's like, no, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's coping. That's what <laughs> maybe I'm in a little denial here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It is, um, maybe easier to talk about from a place uh where you have the perspective I had to go back earlier where like you've you've been through the experience now and, and you can shed shed light on it i mean not to say you're not still struggling with things i don't know i think a lot of comics will casually like talk about their alcoholism yeah um you know it's something I, i've struggled with for a long time and uh some of that can be can be funny while still like knowing it's real because they've got a drink next to them on their like stool oh yeah um, but uh <laughs> we assume they're all drunk anyway so right yeah you're, just, you're operating <laughs> assumption going into a, a comedy show is that most yeah. people there are uh, addicted to something obviously attention at the very <laughs> yeah none of us none of us got enough of it growing up or some of us got too much 
<laughs> that's yeah those are the two a little bit of both two spectrums you get with yeah. comedians yeah but now nah, it's yeah it was rough because um i feel like the struggle that i have with it is like because i i still i still hold on to a few things from my past you yeah. know um naturally and like you you want to you, you feel like here's my struggle is like i feel like i'm over it you know because like it's kind of out of sight out of mind yeah yeah and then you you kind of rethink things and then you there are certain triggers that pop up right something will surface um like for me my dad was extremely abusive growing up Mm -hmm. he was on drugs angry at the world my mom was in prison so he was left with six kids and we did not make it easy on anyone yeah we didn't you know we were hell we were fucking oh yeah me and my brother and i were (laughs) we were bad (laughs) really bad yeah i mean the first time i was in cuffs i was like six years old okay yeah like we, 17 for me whatever. we uh <laughs> we were tearing some shit up yeah but um he was just extremely just abusive and and violent all my childhood and uh you know when i got out of the house and got away from that like i figured like you know i was i was past it right like i was good good to go but i would still get this thing where like i would i would have this fear even as like a grown man like in late into my 20s i would have this fear that if like I did something wrong or like piss somebody off, that I would get my ass beat. Like there's mm-hmm. just that like you're so you're see, trained, yeah. you know. Like you like all right, I've been down this road so many times, and this was always the result. Yeah. So you're still thinking like, okay, like I'm well, thinking like that something's popping out of a con- bush. <laughs> that conditioning, I think, uh, messes with a lot of people when oh, yeah. when your response that's so young is flight or fight mode right exactly and then when somebody tries to show you genuine or to genuinely get close to you or something like that sometimes the response can be to push away because like oh i'm a push you don't trust yeah you know it's hard to trust people I, I find it hard to trust people especially um i don't know for me a lot of guys in general i find it harder to trust sometimes um that's just from like personal experiences like where, where i feel yeah. conditioned against um no, I have yeah. the same way. Like, like older, like men in, in authority with me growing up, like I always struggled with. I would always like rebel against because I'm like, you know, in my head, like fighting against my dad. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. fight him at home, but I can fight you right here. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's crazy the way our yeah. minds cope and, yeah. and deal with things. And we really are in such a, I don't know, such a weird time yeah. where there's. I acted out a lot. Um, mm. Kind of. What was up. the worst thing you did growing up? Um, to act out to act out i don't i mean i was if you can call this acting out like i was shoplifting a lot for a long time oh yeah no like um you know to save money so i could abuse robitussin so like that's kind of uh, i don't know a thing uh did a lot of uh probably expensive vandalism (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah, I mean those those kind of things, uh, just generally being destructive, self destructively, and you know, to public property. Those kind of were those were kind of some of the <laughs> most fun times, though, right? Just out there being right. a menace or as a like kid, going to you know some construction site and messing with things, piloting a uh, a uh, um, they had those like keys, the keys. When we my friend was going to like to smoke. When we were younger uh, at construction site, somebody left the keys in one of the, the vehicles. Oh, like a, man. One of those light bulldozers. Um, and we got so lucky. You know me, every single time we saw a bulldozer as a kid, we would always check for keys. Yeah. Every time. We never found keys. That must have been fun. 
So fun. One time there was a like on another side of construction, <laughs> uh, there was a, a hose connected to a fire hydrant. Um, I don't know why. Maybe they were like hosing a lot of the area because when they were building like the Chisholm Trail or something like that. I don't know mm. what they were doing with the area, but anyways, that's all to be said. Is that um, we like were able to turn on the valve and we just left the hose running like onto the, <laughs> like overnight which i'm sure like screwed over a lot of people's oh. mornings or yeah, weeks the, could you imagine getting <laughs> that call in the morning it's like yeah we need you it's an emergency it's been flooded what happened some asshole turned on a hose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all that happened and now we all have to deal with this yeah, you know, it's more fun when you're a kid, right? When you, right, and you think look back about and you're those like, things. And then you're, you're like the person who has to deal with that crap, yeah. like teaching now. Um, it's like, oh man, I was a little, little asshole. I am you know? terrified of the karma that is coming my way when I have kids. Oh, like, yeah. I, I feel bad for my wife, honestly, because she, <laughs> she doesn't deserve it. She yeah. was a good kid. Don't uh, want to have to deal with a little Tim, I swear. But yeah, oh man, a, a mini me would be, I would lock him up. I'd put him in jail. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm surprised um, it wasn't worse. Uh, yeah, because I, I was just always, you know, seeking out and doing drugs, et cetera, you know. But So why did you act out so much? What was just the chaos at home? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it was because just for years and years, uh, there was so much chaos at home because um, my brother... We grew up, we were really in a conservative, Southern Baptist Christian kind of house. Oh, so it was really crazy. And uh, my, my parents were pretty pretty strict on that, pretty young about like, you know, don't watch Harry Potter sort of thing. <laughs> Those kind of people showing us like don't watch a Harry lot Potter. of like, you know, Bible TV shows and mm. uh, Veggie Tales like, all veggie day. Tales. Of course. Well, Veggie yeah. Tales is kind of dope though. But like, did. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty dope. Uh, stuff like... Um, answers in genesis with ken ham very like young earth dinosaurs and people walking earth at the same time kind of like you know really literal interpretations of a lot of things okay. um, in the bible and stuff like that and uh just not very um my parents didn't let loose a lot necessarily like neither of them really drink at all which sometimes i suppose is a good thing that he wasn't like a drunk um but um i don't know my, my dad didn't have a lot of took a long time to go to therapy and i, and I do love my dad but um he was just super contentious and mm. would get very angry and yell. And when my brother was kind of having his rebellion, uh, because we were being so kind of strictly, you know, if he wanted to buy an album, if he wanted to go see a movie, it would have to have been like rated a certain rating on this Christian review, mm -hmm. you know, like website and stuff like that. And so that just led to my brother lashing out, me lashing out a little bit. And then when his stuff got kind of extreme, my parents didn't handle it well. And instead of being a little bit more graceful, they were really hard on my brother. And so it was just them like yelling for three or four hours every night. And I'm just like sitting there like listening in my room all while I'm dealing with my own stuff um, from some of the sexual abuse I mentioned, like not talking about it and all that kind of boils boils up. And my, my brother's finally um, kind of gone off to college. He also still has all these issues. He's like totaling cars and stuff like that and he gets a DUI yada 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 so there's still so much contention in the, in the family and uh, I found out my way to escape um, like at 15 or so which was um, to, to do drugs and things like that and so uh, at that point things started writing themselves in the home my, my parents had gotten a lot more help and were a lot better but I had just kind of 
it's crazy just how drastically different our parents were, but like the shit we were doing is still the same. Yeah. Like just the, yeah. the juvenile delinquent yeah. maybe it's us. people. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's, we're no, I, I think on this path. The backdrop, I mean, it, it kind of both backdrops make sense, both from like, from my perspective with a kind of strict yeah. household, you know, or, you know, as far as, uh, you know, religiosity is concerned. Um, very strict household, I think that is kind of what led to a lot of that versus um, just, I don't know how you would describe. Um, no religion. Yeah, no, I don't know it was religion. I was <laughs> no, saying it's like no. they're different. Uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's just insane because like you, you think like somebody in a completely different situation is going to have completely different actions, like completely different struggles. But yet here we are two very different situations the same exact struggle yeah uh you know the the unwilling not i don't know did you feel like you didn't really were able to express yourself at all growing up um because i mean it's got to be tough there were ways i could express myself i think my, my parents were actually pretty good at fostering creativity and like doing projects and stuff like that yeah. um and crafts it's just you know those crafts were always biblical yeah. <laughs> you know um and it was uh no I, th- I think i could express creativity but only within like certain bounds of expectations yeah. mm-hmm. and kind of- how i had to be kind of present myself outwardly but i always did kind of pursue a lot of things creatively growing up um and artistically and 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 uh, performance wise like i i um used to always want to do like to do talent shows and that kind of thing and like i would do magic at one juggling at another i actually did my first stand-up ever at like a third grade talent show oh, nice or something like fourth grade <laughs> um so I think I had outlets and stuff for my creativity, but expressing my emotions, I think there was less ability to express my emotions. Yeah, I can get that. Cause like, In a healthy way. I feel like with a lot of religious families, like if it doesn't fall within that scope, like if your feelings and everything don't fall within that beliefs that they have, then, you know, it's kind of something pushed off to the side, right? Like, yeah. Like, you know, I don't know how to really explain it, but like, cause I see that a lot. I feel like with, with very strict religious families, like the kids will almost always at some point go off and like go do extreme shit. Cause they don't have like that full, uh, expression of who they are. Yeah. Like, cause you're not fitting, if you don't fit in this box, then we don't care. You have right. to fit in this box. Or you're guilty about oh, things yeah. made to feel guilty That's a thing too. Oh. Yeah, especially about things that like are obviously going on with your peers mm-hmm. you can't like talk about it like within in the church no that's the um, devil. You, you kind of like right so you, you can't discuss those and then you kind of internalize it all and like oh my the bad one is nobody else struggling as hard with this and sometimes you can get people who are genuine but there's a lot of performance yeah performativity to, oh. to i think that experience and so so many people make it feel like you can't really express yourself without putting on a lot of, you know, masks, so to speak, um, which I think kind of the opposite and antithesis of what, you know, Christianity really is, is supposed to be in a lot of ways. Yeah, Whereas, how ironic you know, is that? in the Bible, Jesus in the New Testament, um, you know, would hang with the, the lepers and the, the prostitutes and um, people he didn't share faith with um, intentionally um, versus I think now um, there's a lot of hate 
within the church and a lot of hypocrisy within the church. And that was always frustrating and why I know so many people that I've grown up with who've, who've pulled away from at least traditional uh, Christianity because they were raised so strictly and with so much guilt and shame that once they kind of got out in the world and, and learned a few more things, um, it was kind of a relief to rid themselves of some of that guilt and that shame. Um, but some people still, you know, have are, are religious. Some people aren't from this group I'm talking about. But um, it, it's interesting to see how different people re- respond to that because yeah. um, it, it, it is a big thing, um, especially in, in the South. Oh, like. huge. I did not have to deal with this much back in Arizona. Yeah. But I feel like with a lot of religions, it's become so culty. Right. Like if you're not in this religion, if you're not behaving a certain way, like you said, acting, putting on a front, then you're you're a bad person. You're not in the group. Yeah. And I, I hate that. Like I don't, I don't think... I'm not a religious person by any means, mm-hmm. I, which, you know, I've got a giant cross tattooed on my arm. I was young. <laughs> that was the first tattoo I got, and I thought yeah. I thought you had to get a cross for your first tattoo. Right. Well, right? I mean, I, I mean, in the yeah, yeah, you know, early two thousands, I was like or something like that, like yeah, somewhere. Uh, yeah. And I wanted people to see it, so I slapped it right on my forearm because I'm yeah. a G. You know? <laughs> no, because I wanted attention. Um, but with, I just feel like with religion, it should be more a guide. Yeah. Like about kind of how what kind of person you should be, rather than. A direct oh if you're not this or that then you know you're going to hell and i don't like right. you mentality that a lot of people have these days and i think with christians especially my i got beef with them yeah because the whole thing is like you know be accepting be forgiving you know be loving and i feel like they forgot all that i feel like everybody put an asterisk next to that and right like, if you're Except, also christian right if you're yeah. all yeah pretty much and and i think that's so also the the opposite of um because a lot of people trouble tied tied to politics as well, you know, and yeah. they'll be they'll they'll tie it, um, you know, oh this is Christian nation, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, when of course on its founding, it was supposed to be for free freedom of religion and also freedom kind of from it, um, mm-hmm. where you don't have to always be exposed to it and feel like you're living under the rule of of religion necessarily. Um, and so I do feel like it is something that's much more useful as a guiding principle. Um, I think there's a lot of good wisdom, you know, in the Bible and things like that. Um, it's just that people have warped it um, and, and really kind of fallen away from that because there's a lot of power to be had oh, in yeah. the church and, and a lot of ways you can wield influence uh, positively and negatively. Um, but because of that, it attracts some people with really bad intentions. And I think you hear so much about scandals in the church and, and child molestation and things like that in, in the church and in these communities um, is because they, they foster some of this uh, desire for control and power and to wield that over people in a way where they feel guilty and ashamed to even talk about it. Yep. Um, so it's, it's a really sinister kind of system. And I think it's a perversion of the intention of the religion as well, just just um, over time and over the warping of the interpretation and, you know, the translations, et cetera, et cetera. And like even going back into like the Catholic Church and how much influence they had over the world and things like that. It's, it's really interesting to to kind of look at and question, you know, are people responding this way from their faith and religion, which they're not? Or are they responding to it from like this perspective of power and what they've been told religion and what they've been told christianity is because in reality it's it's not that if you read the plain text 
no. you know, of, of the Bible, of the New Testament, things like that. It's all about forgiveness and acceptance. But like you said, you know, it's an asterisk. Yeah, there's uh, nowadays. There's, there's very, there's a lot of conditions to that. Um, yeah. apparently I don't know. It's just, it's just insane. I feel like if most religious people actually lived what they preached, I, oh, yeah. I would, you know, have a lot more, uh, willingness to maybe participate in religious activities, yeah. but I, you know, it's just not for me. Um, you, you mentioned church. Do you still go to church? I don't No. No. Um, what drove that decision? Regularly. Um, was there a decision or is that just it time? was, um, I kind of stopped going over COVID and stuff like that when it was all kind of going virtual and things like that. So what had happened to me, let me actually kind of explain longer part of the journey. It really raised, um, you know, pretty young earth creationist, you know, Southern Baptist, but we eventually moved over to a non-denominational church. And my parents at that point had started being more open to things, being more open to like, letting us watch Harry Potter, yada, 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 et cetera, <laughs> believing maybe, okay, maybe yeah. um, God-guided evolution sort of thing, you know, being being more more um, open to to science and other concepts like that. So so that got a little easier from that perspective, but um, I started kind of having a lot of doubts when I was 14, 15, and I'd always really asked a lot of questions, like, well, who what came before God, et cetera, you know, kind of yeah. those prodding, prodding questions. There's always answers to, but they never feel very satisfying because they're very circular a lot of the time. And so I think a lot of that, just being somebody who's very curious and skeptical, I, I asked so many questions and then I kind of fell fell away from the church for a long time, was like really staunch, you know, on like the atheism subreddits and things <laughs> like that and being aggressive, getting in arguments on Facebook. Um, and then I kind of started going back to, to church at like 19 or 20 and on and off. And then probably from like 21 to 24-ish pretty regularly um and because i found it maybe even less from a rational perspective but it was at a time where i feel like i was really struggling and needed some sort of higher power or guidance and that was yeah. something i'd been hearing about with recovery from addiction and stuff like that uh particularly in like aa and those kinds of meetings uh there is an appeal to a higher power be it if it's the christian god or whoever whatever your faith is um and so i found respite in that um but i think i got really plugged into the church i was doing like wednesday nights sunday nights small groups on tuesdays and like going on mission trips um but then just through COVID and after it and coming back and kind of seeing what was up i i sort of realized i had tuned out a lot of the hypocrisy and a lot of the churchiness of it all because i found comfort but then when you look a little below the surface it still very much felt like a lot of people were putting on a front putting on a facade and so it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I realized I didn't need to be at church for this long to still feel a connection. And I don't know if that connection to God is, is necessarily God of the Bible or whatever or, or something. I'm a lot more open open to it. I mean, I believe in something. Yeah. I just don't necessarily want to pretend I have the answers. And I definitely don't want to be dictating how other people need to live their lives. But I, I do... I think adopt a lot of religious principles. I also have been getting a lot into like meditation and mm-hmm. some like Eastern philosophy just to kind of find my own balance. Yeah. Spirituality. I've always liked that there's so many different, well, first it confused me that there were so many religions, right? Like that was yeah. the, when I learned how many religions were out there, I was like, why are we Christian? Like, why did we choose this one? You know, yeah, that's a like, big question, what? man. Cause you're like, how did this happen? Couldn't I have been raised Hindu and believe the same thing. Yeah. No, but no, this it, is yeah. the real one. If I was yeah. born across the world, you know, 
yeah, am I Muslim? Like, what is what is the deal? Yeah. It's just by where you were born and who happens to be your parents. That's your religion. Yeah, that now. sounds so arbitrary. Yeah, and like I used to think, like at first, I was like, no, nah, I've got to be right. Like this has to be the right one. Yeah, and then you you kind of question more things and you you hear wisdom from other religions and you're like, you know what? Maybe there's truth in all of it. Yeah, because like, that's that's really what I find religion should be is, is just kind of just lessons. Yeah, just morals that we can apply to life and and live in a better way. So I really like the idea of just like taking things from multiple religions, multiple mm-hmm. cultures, because that's at the end of the day nobody has the right answers, right? Like, yeah. there's no read well, this book and right, you're you're perfect. Very similar to Pascal's wager. And what that is, is people often with um, you Christianity or something, they'll say, well, what if you're wrong? If you're wrong, you're going to hell. So you might as well like hedge, right? Which yeah. is such a terrible motivation. You know, fear of hell is such a bad motivation for religion. Uh, it motivates a lot of people. But what I'm saying, it's like such a negative yeah, motivator. Yeah, then you're just like, um, you, you the, go so wrong the opposite right. way. With yeah. Pascal's wager, the flip is, um, well, of course, you know, maybe that religion is right and I will go to hell, but then there's also 100, 200 other, 300 other religions that say yeah. a different thing. So am, am I really, what if, if I'm taking this chance, I could take the chance on any religion. So am I not just wasting my time anyways? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like either way, I think so. And that's, that's what it can be too, is because like you, you feel so driven to, to be a church, a church and part of the community, which I suppose is fine. But then like, you're there three days a week or something or more or meeting up like outside of it. And then it's your whole social life, you know, and you're not really, then, you, then suddenly you're not even really dealing with people and like carrying out the no. message and service and things like that. You're just in a, in your own bubble. You're on a mission and you're, you're, you can't fail or you're going to burn forever. Yeah. So you got, yeah. you got to get deep in it. So you really isolate yourself that way. And I, I agree. I think it's a lot more of, of coalescing and kind of putting together all of these ideas and, and finding what works works for you and uh, i don't know maybe i'm all wrong about that just, but, go, uh, <laughs> just go have a conversation with people right go yeah especially the people you think are wrong and are going to hell go talk to them and realize that you're wrong and we're all yeah. just we're, we're all, just all just trying to figure it out a man a couple of molecules on a speck yeah. in the middle of space i think the one know. thing um especially with christianity that really like pushed me away from it was uh i had went to this church one time I would, I would go to a bunch of different churches because I like, you know, I thought it was all the same. I didn't really know they were different kinds yeah. of Christianity. And um, this guy, this preacher was adamant that like you have to go tell people about Jesus because if you die and you don't know about Jesus, you're going to hell. Even right. even if it's not your fault, if you just grew up in a remote island and you never learned about Jesus, <laughs> you're going to, like that was the so, message. That was he a was big. Preaching. That's a big argument too. A lot of people always bring up is like, well, do you go to heaven if you've literally never heard? If you're like in like the the sentinel people, whoever those are on that island, where they're like isolated, yeah. no contact. Like, there's some philosophy that says. Yes, they will go to heaven because they didn't hear it, but they felt it in their hearts and still accepted it or something, you know, something like that. Or like, um, but some people say the same, will say, well, yeah, what you're kind of uh, saying there is some of the pastors will be like, well, they've got a chance, regardless of whatever, like you can yeah. feel God, you know, you can, you can like sense that you should be able to like accept him from that perspective. But like, how, yeah. what? That's, it doesn't work like that. And it's because these people saying that were raised in, you know, you know, the South and, in a Christian like a uh, household and when a Christian country and things like that it's it's um yeah 
I'm a little skeptical too in the sense where like if anybody's pushing something on me that hard, there's something you're probably lying about something, right? right? Like that's there. Like what is this pyramid scheme that you were trying to push on me right here? Yeah, yeah I got to go recruit more people and then we all get to go to heaven. This seems sounds like an MLM, every pyramid dude. scheme. Yeah, yeah. Right we're selling knives or whatever. Yeah, vitamins. <laughs> door to door. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I hate to like sit here and just trash religion because you know I, I could be wrong. Honestly, like, yeah, I, I, I could be completely wrong. And great, very religious people out there. Yeah, I'm gonna go to hell with all the non Christians, but at the other time, like I just think that we take things so seriously and it it's it's not that serious we don't know just try to well, be a good so person we don't know i think yeah expanding outside of just just religion and, and kind of going back to perspectives and things we we're talking about earlier just people disagreeing um it's so funny how we're so sure of what's real and what's true <laughs> as people when yeah in all reality we don't know what's real and what's true we only know what our what our eyes and our senses tell us there's yeah. a million and a half other things going on around us at all times that we don't see or perceive you know but literally like seeing so like you know like there's waves of light you can't see there's sounds you can't hear like so you're physically not even experiencing reality we don't need we can't even say we're experiencing the same thing between you and i and what no. our perspectives are and so like at what point yeah, do you need to shed this whole thing that I'm right? I know I'm like I, my perception of reality and my understanding of the world is is correct. And you need to be a lot here. more open to understanding. There's so many different modes of being, so many different ways to find happiness. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing of all. And what has helped me, kind of going back to mental health, um, feel happier and more fulfilled is that I am pursuing these things that are making me understand myself and get closer to my who I feel is my true self, um, all while remaining open to trying new things. So like taking the risk of doing stand-up comedy, um, you know, that's opening up myself to something different, but also letting me uh, connect deeper with, with myself and not some like fake version of myself, hopefully, but the real version of myself that I want to express. And I don't think I always accomplish that. I think one of the biggest issues I deal with in comedy is still feeling sometimes like I'm performing. Oh, yeah. A lot of my jokes are very... Like, I've written them out in, in full, almost. I don't always deliver them like that, and I shuffle it around, but they're pretty, you know, um, defined. Uh, but sometimes when I'm funniest is when I'm just a little looser. I'm not too loose, but I but I just drop some of the pretense of knowing that this is the structure, this is the punchline, and just being a little, having a little more fun with it sometimes. See, that's what I'm saying. It's the different paths, same struggles. Because it's funny, this whole last month, like, I had a month, Maybe two months ago. I don't, again, I, I'm i so terrible with time. I need to keep a freaking scheduler with me. It's just so I know when my life happened. Yeah. But uh, I went through this like phase where I was just bombing constantly. I feel like I was bombing everywhere I went. I went to Twilight, uh, bombed hard there. Like to the point where like the only laughs I got were me making fun of myself for how terrible I was. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a bad one. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I'm, I wasn't understanding it. And like, I had this like moment where I was like talking to myself and trying to work through some things. And I realized that when I'm going out, I'm, I'm forcing it, right? Like I'm trying to put on this like performance. I'm putting on yeah. this hat yeah. instead of having fun. Cause like, if I'm not having fun, it shows. Yeah. Right? The, it's another night. It's another whatever. Yeah. Like I need, I need to have fun. And like when I'm having fun, I can other people around me are going to have fun like yeah. that's that's the mood i need to be in instead of just like 
oh, time to put on the comedy hat and tell a little joke. Yeah, I can really fall into that. I mean, I, I wish I knew a better way to avoid it, you know, because um, I'll still fall into that so often. And I think maybe partially because I'll have a week where, like, I'll go crazy. I'll do, like, six or seven mics or something like yeah. that. And I know those people that do ten and whatever. You know, that's even crazier. But, like, sometimes, and what I like to remind myself of and sometimes other people is that uh, it's good to not do the comedy just so, one, you're giving your brain a break, but maybe you can go do something different. Experience something yep. that might be funny. It might be a story. Whatever. I'm really big on that. But then there's weeks where I'm like thinking, okay, I just need to grind it out. And the shows don't always go that great in those weeks. Or the, the mics don't always go that great because I feel like I'm almost too focused on yeah, it. Yeah, when you're forcing it a little bit. When I'm yeah. forcing it and not just being like, okay, maybe this is a week I only do one or two mics. And instead of six, but those one or two are going to go so much better and like be more valuable for me than those other six. Exactly. Because then I can I can just be in a good mindset whenever I want to do comedy. It's not just something like, oh, more comedy. Yeah. You know? Quality over quantity, right? Yeah. That's what they always I think quality over quantity us. for sure. But I think so many people in the scene kind of have the opposite perspective. Yeah, they're just, just trying to just get it out quantity, there, get it quantity, out there. Quantity, quantity, And it makes sense from a perspective of time, I guess, getting more time, but... It's not always the most useful time. No. Like, practice isn't always perfect if you're practicing the wrong way. Yeah, it, you can get some really shitty habits. Like, I had this one where I would say, you know, after almost every I mean, other sentence. I still do that. I mean, oh, maybe not man. as much, but, like, I fall into... No, it got bad. Like, I was I was doing a show out in Tyler, and I recorded the show because I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to chop it up, put some on, you know, social yeah. media, that lovely place, and I'm <laughs> watching it back. And the jokes are going good, but like I'm, I'm like tearing apart what I'm saying, and it's like, hey, you know, ah, you know, well, you know, punchline, you know, and it's like, oh my god, that's a terrible habit, and you, yeah. you don't realize it because I was just like, I was just going and going and going, yeah. and I wasn't taking the time to stop and analyze. Right. I'm sure. I mean, it can't be. I saw one guy who literally. No, it was bad. He would say it was every other. It was literally every other sentence, like not even yeah, exaggerating. No. And he would say, um think y'all know what i'm talking about oh, do y'all feel me what i'm saying like so just even even longer version yeah. of it like you know um you know what i'm saying yeah. like after everything you know what i'm saying i would say a sentence you know what i'm saying and then i took this girl back you know what i'm saying yeah it was like what that was, was me so yeah that was me a hundred percent it was a one minute clip maybe and i said you know seven times oh yeah so yeah. like I mean, I, I, I drop it a lot, though, I think. Um, I said one of my, my bad habits as well. Um, and it's kind of like a trailing off to, like, you know, like kind of like yeah. a weird, like I'll say something funny and a little hit and then, like, I don't know, I'll just slip What's in next? there. next? Uh. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, you know. um, yeah, it, one it's tough. bad habit that I notice a lot that I try and avoid, um, I don't do too much, but I see a lot of people will... Um, Sometimes I like I like ragging on my jokes, and that can be funny. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you draw too much attention to it. Uh, I yeah, think I know it's exactly what you're saying. Where you're kind of like, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. Or oh, I guess you guys are gonna. You guys like didn't that. like. Yeah, you guys didn't right. like that. Let me try something. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I it works, but like it's kind of hacky, that. and it, it and often doesn't. And I think it under you undermine yourself when you're not confident enough 100 percent. yeah and maybe something doesn't work but you just shift without really bringing attention to it yeah. unless you've got like a nice transition um yeah. i think way more times than not though i mean it doesn't work 
Yeah, and I feel like some of my funnier jokes are like when I'm riffing off of something that didn't work. Like, oh, that was so terrible. And then you try to like, you try to like explain the funny without like explaining it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, you, you get to express like how you got to that thought process. And sometimes that's what people find the funniest. Yeah. Is like what actually drove you to that crazy thought as opposed to that crazy thought itself. So if there's ever a time where I want to yell at other comedians on stage, it's when they do that, when they're like, yeah, well, this isn't going to be funny or, well, I just wrote this. So if it doesn't work, you know, well, yeah, bitch, no, go out there, do your jokes, hit it with some confidence. And if it doesn't work, move on. (laughs) Yeah. You're wasting time. You're wasting your own stage time telling, calling yourself out and telling yourself you're miserable. You can really shave off a good, like 30 seconds, 45 seconds just from that kind of behavior yeah if you're gonna beat yourself up wait till you get off the stage go in the dark corner and beat yourself up there yeah Yeah, that's that's what we do a real comic yeah yeah rookies yeah (laughs) but it's um it can be rough though i mean like there are those those um nights or those streaks like you're talking about where you're like damn why am i doing this yeah you know i'm a terrible human being even in the same night sometimes like i can do a good set and then i go somewhere else and just eat, eat crap. I was at a Matt Hatter's um, this past Monday. You might have been there at some point. I mean, I want to Oh, yeah. This, I, mean, I love like, Matt Hatter's. So I, I opened, and it was after um, Colton had, like, he'd sang a karaoke song. Mm. It was funny. And it was, like, Yellow Lead Better Pearl Jam. And then I, I follow up, and even though the bar's full, and you made your comics on the side, but there was a full bar of non-comics. And um, I got some laughs, but really, I mean, it was just rough. Some things like fell to dead silence. And at one point, like it kind of worked and I played off it. But then I tried to do that a second time and it didn't, it didn't work. And it was one of those things where it's like, I need to get better about forgetting it. And I, I am better, you know, I don't think I'm gonna, I would never like quit over something like that. But there, there were times a little bit earlier on, and I, I know I still haven't been doing it for a long time, where something had gone so bad, it was just like, why am I doing this or it's, yeah. it's really frustrating when it's a joke that you've seen work. Yeah. It's like, it, and you know, I know this is funny. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. And sometimes it is the crowd or the audience, especially if you're opening. It's always the like crowd, that, you know, it's always oh, the it's crowd. It's always their fault. I've never been not funny. Yeah. Except those but one then few at the times. same time, it could be, uh, you know, looking introspective. I mean, delivery, maybe it was just like, I oh, wasn't, yeah. you know, of course it's, yeah, it's tough, man. It is really, it's, um, it's a challenge every single time we get on stage, but it is, it's so, I don't know, it feels right for me. Like, I don't know if you get, you get that feeling, like yeah. you, you're coming off stage and you're like, all right, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So it's just a good feeling. And then when you can incorporate like real shit, like mental health, real life problems, like yeah, that, I feel like that's just the best thing. And that's what we need right now. We don't. We need less dick jokes. I'm tired of hearing about people's dick yeah. every night. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I have a single dick joke. I don't have one because, yeah. especially with my wife, she would. I don't know how your wife feels about it, but she yeah. she does not want me out here talking about my dick. Yeah. It's just not something she's yeah. very There's enthused about, and I don't blame joke her. Joke I do about disco, where I reference my balls as disco balls. <laughs> um, but that's the extent of it. Um, yeah. That's you know, funny. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know the joke. Just, right. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Right. So, and I think there, there's ways. To, there, there are good dick yeah, jokes. You can be there's, classy about yeah, it. Yeah. There's just so many, and so many of them. Mm. The funny is supposed to just be penis. Yeah. You know, like 
I don't know. And I try, I try not to do too much of the ick, yuck, like, kind of thing. Um, I'll still drop some dark stuff sometimes, though. But I like to do my dark stuff, like, through a medium. So I've been doing a recent joke as a Goofy. From oh like, yeah 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 i've like, seen that that's you know, a good where, bit i like that where I, I do the goofy's voice but talk about him like being like depressed and like suicidal uh-huh. and stuff like that um but oh yeah i was gonna say um i'm kind of one of the last things on the topic and all that with uh the mental health and thinking of suicide they did uh as of the recording of this podcast they changed the national suicide hotline number you can call 988 um, if you feel like you need somebody to talk to in a in a moment like that, I know I've I've been in that uh, situation myself, and um, I think it's cool to have a nice, uh, convenient, remem- memorable, easy number. number. Easy so, nine eight eight nine eight eight. Like, man, that what we were talking about that before, and I I forget. I'm gonna have to look up the number what it was before. Yeah, because it's such a complicated number before. Like, not yeah. something you're gonna remember. It's like I feel like. The most convenient one they could have been was like one eight hundred. No, yeah, um, yeah. I I think uh, it's good, and because um, sometimes the ease of it and memorability can be the difference for somebody. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I know previously the hotline. Um, I don't know some some like twenty percent of calls were like dropping out or something to that effect, or or you like not good getting through to yeah. somebody. Uh, so hopefully it's also a good campaign to get more more people involved um i know that logic song dropped it was a big big thing too for this yeah it's gotta come out the new one yeah he does i i need the remix today 988 remix that's how they should announce it is with him dropping that (laughs) new song yeah get like eminem on it it did bring a lot of attention though from what i i remember reading is is that uh yeah that was a lot of attention to the issue i listened to that song i still have that song on my phone yeah you know Uh, i've been compared three or four times by people to logic and i don't see it i don't really I don't, see it I but see like it i i can i can see why they would make that leap literally the glasses yeah, that's all it is the, the height voice, the glasses and like your, i don't know your frame yeah like you you yeah. have the logic build it's definitely not like hair or tone like no tone or yeah. anything like that it's weird everything um, else is different but <laughs> and it's always the feeling feel the weirdest like mentioning like this is that might seem out there you know yeah. but you remind me of logic i've got a student that would call me mr logic um but it's really just like three or four people it's one of those things that like it's not just one person so it's at least a few people have seen this and i just really i I quite frankly do not logic's um, not a bad one though no no, i would that's a good one i would get mgk yeah that was mine um especially back in the in high school days because i used to rock a mohawk okay during football season i could see so yeah i used to get mgk all the time um or uh chuck liddell okay those were my two yeah. growing up i would get a lot of evan peters the guy that does um american horror story and he was like a yeah. quicksilver yeah in a, that's what i was thinking of and then um a little bit of like jesse eisberg occasions i don't see it as much um spite a lot of spider-man comparisons not because yeah. i think i look specifically like any of the spider-mans but just like i could be i know i do a bit about you know looking like a spider-man um the one that didn't get picked yeah the one that didn't yeah the cut for time um and then i get a lot of bullshit like harry potter references and that's just the glasses i mean i think like that's just people aren't being creative you know that's a low low hanging fruit like if i'm gonna be insulted like i want you to put some effort into it like i want to be like that's really good because if you're just gonna like throw some like random white guy insult at me i'm like yeah i've heard them all before you know yeah 
get some new material exactly that's all i'm saying but yeah speaking of material we, more mental health less uh, yeah less dicks, less dicks um, more mental health <laughs> this is or this dick is now, joke about your mental health <laughs> this is now two guests in a row where we have shamed penises in some way or fashion with hugo it was dick pics and now yeah. dick jokes so guy i think i think there's a trend going here that guys we need to do better right we yes. gotta men we're calling we are you. not doing so great guys yeah we'll figure it out though we got we got we time hopefully yeah as long as we don't get nuked anytime soon huh? did, did you see that new york uh commercial they made um, about what to do in case of a, a nuclear strike no no i mean i've so, seen the, like the renderings of, from north korea of like new york being bombed but i've never seen any oh like, new york ad about uh uh well i don't know how real this is because that's that's another issue with social media you don't know what's real anymore there's yeah. so many deep fakes there's so many people can do so much with these videos and make yeah. you believe anything's possible and it's ridiculous but so i don't know if this is real but it was a, a woman and she started off the commercial bike. Um, New York has just been bombed. I think she said by Russia. I don't mm. know if she said a name specifically. That's just the first thing that comes to mind. That's probably where it'll come from. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she's like, don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. And those things, those first two questions throw me off. Like, I want to know how yeah, and how I want to know why. why. Uh, well, see, how? Um, I mean, with a delivery system. Well, yeah. I don't know. yeah that's it. <laughs> that seems like a no-brainer there. <laughs> but, yeah. They yeah. shot. Um but it was like just get inside, get away from the windows, hide, don't go outside, take off all your clothes. What are you even clean yeah, yourself yeah. for the radioactive ash? And I was just like, I'm th- sitting there like, is there a what's the possibility that we need to actually listen to this? Like, yeah. how close are we? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, closer than ever, but I at the same time not close. You know, with mutually assured assured destruction, I just don't think it's very realistic. And at the same time, though, I think it's almost not even something you really prepare for. Yeah, you, I mean, I, mean, you I think the, the close advice is good for radioactivity, but really, I mean, like, if you're in a, an immediate radius, you can't. You're just dead. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're further, your radiation is gonna kind of fuck you over, or like some sort of nuclear winter or ash, you know, whatever, like in the air that causes um, other issues. I, I think, uh, yeah, and also like, I don't know, I just kind of want to go at that point. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm getting nuked, right? Like, I think it's my time. I don't think I want to stay for the aftermath of that. Yeah. Um, especially in a scenario where New York gets nuked, I feel like that scenario means that like multiple, numerous places have been nuked. We're launching nukes at that point, right? We got like a strike in New York. Oh, yeah. So I think the world's Somebody's over really by at that, that point. I mean, I think even in Fort Worth, I don't think we're safe just because of like Lockheed is here, yeah. military base. Um, you know, it's a pretty big population center. Uh, a lot of trains pass through. It's not looking good. Um, it's not uh, no, our odds. I are... think almost it almost might even be a ta- target over Dallas. I think I'm gonna go to Montana. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that feels like getting, a safe space. Good, right? It's in the middle. It's away from the windows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh should be good there. Yeah. I mean, the coast probably gets the worst though. It's just it's insane that it's, we yeah. have to think about this. And I, like we know what happens when an A bomb is dropped. Like we we've all seen what happened to Japan. Yeah. Why do we still have these things? Why this? Because if somebody does, you know, because like it's one of those situations where it's like if they exist, you need them, you know, because that means some other nation, rogue nation or whatever, if they possess it and like launch it, then you can't do anything about it. I think that's where, but that's the thing that causes the arms race. Yeah. Then suddenly you've got a thousand nukes and they've got a thousand nukes and they're all pointed at each other. 
Um, that's kind of where we're at. And this is freedom. And this, and this is liberty. This is what freedom. we what we fought for. Oh yeah. man, it, it's insane. But you know, we could probably just go on all day about the problems of the world. Yeah. Let's on some good notes. Let's yeah. end it on a great note. You have got it. a lot of comedy shows coming up. I do. Um, I I'm going to be all all around. Uh, at the time of the recording, I like the 30 days following that, I will be at a. I don't know what nine different shows. Um, just pulling out the list. I, I am. I am pulling out the list. Um, so prepared. I don't even go through it all. But uh, yeah, over this next um, month, I'll be at the Plano House of Comedy, uh, Dallas Comedy Club, um, different breweries and and uh, bar shows and stuff like that. One thing I'm excited for um, on the 31st of July, I'll be doing an improv show at Four Day Weekend. Oh, that'd for a be student, awesome! A student showcase. It'll be my first time doing that. Um, that's where I'll be headed after this for six hours of improv, which is going to be that's woo, yeah. Fun. And it is. It's funny because like comedians will shit on improv, and there's a stereotype for sure. At least the people are slightly better human beings. Get off your pedestal. Uh, get off your pedestal. It's fun though. I have a lot of fun with it, and I think it's going to help kind of elevate my, my comedy yeah. too and so, being able to think on your feet like that yeah. and act out and especially collaborate with other people yeah I, there's man yeah. that's just and i want to like where's write, the negative i want to write comedy someday so i think it's a good way to to get into that yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah that's awesome so social media yeah of course uh, tim davies media um also tim davies media.com my link tree you know link tr.e slash tim davies media find all the ticket links all that, all my socials, as I said, Tim Davies Media. Instagram, so, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Facebook, right. uh, TikTok, TikTok, Twitter. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. What's the What's the the Trump one? The yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, the Donald dot win or uh, uh, with the Truth Social. True social. True, what's true the social. What's the one with the P? Isn't there one with the P? Um, parlor. Parlor. That's what I was. Yeah, thinking. that got there's shut down. Gitter. I don't. Yeah, like there's so many of those like forums, Every, dude. Everybody and their um, mom's got a social media now. Yeah. Oh, fun stuff, man. Well, I appreciate you coming by. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. Appreciate what you're doing out there, talking about some real stuff. Yeah, good conversation. Um, you know, definitely find Tim on everywhere. Just type in Tim Davies. If you look up Tim Davies Comedy on Google, I'm the number like one result. Yeah, there um, we go. There is a composer named Tim Davies, like British guy, I think, and I'm competing with him for top results. But Ooh, that is a I, tough I think one. I still might show up on the first page if you just search my name, or the second page for sure. There's so. no real Mike Tribbies out there no, uh, on good, the same got a good space on the same wavelength there's a photographer yeah. that I follow I follow all the Mike Tribbies that I find okay. on uh, social media just start a group I want us I want us to be like a council of us yeah maybe we could solve problems uh, that'd be awesome but there's one who's a photographer he's doing his thing so shout out to you Mike um, <laughs> doing your thing Tribby on holding the, it on down the for the Mike Tribbies all around the world all six of us <laughs> I think I have to go recount. Till next time. Peace.